0: In this episode, Dan Poritzky, partner, Local Capital Group, discusses tenant alignment, a leasing approach that allows for profit sharing.
1: I want to thank everybody for being here. Um, my name is David Reeves. I'm with Callison RTKL. Uh, I'm an associate vice president in the Seattle office. Um, I am introducing um, Dan Poritzky today. Um, he's a partner at the Local Capital Group. Dan has been working on the landlord side of real estate in Northern California for about 20 years after spending 10 years on accounting, acquisition, asset management side. He transitioned to the leasing and tenant relations side and has been working for large institutions during his career before joining Local Capital Group. Since 2000, he has worked with a Prologis, Heinz, um, M. West... Properties and a JV division of Divco West and TPG. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank
0: you, everybody, for coming here. Um, what I wanted to do first was just understand who's in the audience. Um, how many end users, tenants, are in the audience? Okay. How many brokers are in the audience? Uh, how many service providers are in the audience? Okay, that's great. Um, yeah, what, what, what I basically wanted to do was uh, put together a presentation. Um, it's, a, it's a company strategy, but um, we won't be a commercial today. Uh, what we wanted to do is essentially help you guys understand how the landlord thinks about um, leasing and transactions. Uh, nine times out of ten, if I had a single tenant building and we worked hard to take care of the tenant, know the tenant, and then, uh, you know, we, if we were going to extend them or do a new lease, nine times out of ten, we'd sell the building. Um, landlord would make a lot of money. And uh, I thought it would be important to show you guys logistically how that works, analytically how that works. Um, and there's a lot of different ways the brokers can change that, the tenants can change that. Um, and so without further ado... Um, I'll go through the presentation. A lot of disclaimer language. Read that quick. No, I'm kidding. Um, and and what what we've looked at, we're based in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, my, my background all 20 years has been uh, West Coast real estate, originally from New York, but 20 years in the Bay Area. Um, and we live and breathe with disruption. And so uh, what we wanted to do was kind of identify a structure that tenants could create, uh, could participate in the value creation without creating a balance sheet transaction and essentially um you know based on your credit and based on your lease term create a way for the tenants to share in that profit again without it being on your balance sheet and getting the proceeds in the form of a ti uh a liberal ti without taking any market risk on the uh i'm kind of going a little out of order in my um in my size, and please, like, raise your hand and make this interactive. It'll be much more fun. Otherwise, we'll be finished in about five minutes from now. Uh, disruptive leasing strategy went through that. Provide term in the lease for sharing the owner profits. Um, you know, ask the owner. You know, the ownership takes on market risk because it's on their balance sheet. They have title. They're making the capital investment. Uh, once the tenant signs up for their lease, they get that upfront TI day one immediately. Uh, for the benefit of, you know, using that money for most, whatever they want. Uh, I put in my big red box, stop allowing existing landlords to reap all the profits with value that your credit and term creates. Uh, that's a fluffy side, which we're not going to, um, we're not going to, repeating. Uh, the ideal, uh, assets that this works on, um, on the industrial side, it definitely works. Um. Renewal TIs are typically fifty cents a dollar a foot. This mechanism can get you ten to twenty dollars a foot. Uh it could be used for renewable energy, it could be used for you know new sprinkler system, new racking, new you know, getting more power to the building. Uh it works great for data center because it's doubles your investment. Uh, you're gonna invest a lot of money into that building. Life science, medical office. It probably works the worst for office in that. You guys on the office side don't want to commit for that long of a term. And so your value creation, again, is based on your credit profile and based on the length of term of your lease. Office, it's hard to – it's usually a fight, you know, how long you can get the tenant to extend for. It's all about uh, transparency. It's a wide-open book. Um, We're working off the same Excel spreadsheet. You should understand the metrics – Again how you're going to end up driving the profits so this essentially um, is 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 really how I wanted to open it up and basically explain how our landlords are looking at how how familiar are people with IRRs and cap rates that's that's it's about half the audience but essentially if If you only have a few years of lease term left, if you have two, three, four years of lease term left, your building isn't really liquid. Um, The cap rate's high, higher. And depending on where we are in the economy, you know, in a tertiary market, it could be a nine, 10, 11, 12 cap. If you're in a single tenant building and you think, and the landlord thinks that you're leaving your building. I mean, your building is not worth nearly as much. Um, The minute you re up. And go to 7, 10, 12, 15 years of term, you're all of a sudden going to drive the cap rate down 200 basis points, 300 basis points, 400 basis points. And so, you know, in this particular example, we used kind of an 8-cap, which is more of a, a first-tier sort of gateway market. Um, and then once we added the, the 10 years of term, uh, it went down to kind of a 5.5-cap, just as a hypothetical Two hundred and fifty basis point spread, which at the end of the day can create, you know, this is a hundred thousand foot building, you know, can create fifteen million dollars of profit. Um, and what and, and what you know is fair. It's the tenants' credit, the tenants' profile. They should get a portion of those proceeds, um, half of those proceeds basically. Um, and so. If you're on the user side or you're on the broker side sir, and, and you guys are owning the real estate, you know, you're going to own it. It's going to be on your balance sheet. This has really nothing to do with you. But if you have a, you know, CFO directive um, to lease space and to keep that those transactions off your balance sheet, uh, this is a different way to look at it, a different way you should push for, um, you know, Obviously, you know, this is a strategy that we've undertaken here in the Bay Area for deals nationally, but anybody can do this, and, and any broker or, or principal can do this. Um, the best thing you can do is really understand this, these analytics, um, and we can provide you, you with this Excel. Uh, we're not brokers, we're principals, but we can provide this, and, and it kind of helps you just understand it and helps you negotiate it. Um, I've talked for a really long time. Is there any like, questions? Can we make this interactive, please? Um, nice. Yeah, so, so the question was, you know, how much term do you really need before it creates that value? I mean, you've got a whole segment of the market that's, you know, c- there's $200 billion market cap of triple net REITs out there and tri- companies that only own triple net assets, and that's usually over 12 years. And so that gets you to another level of, of, of profits. Um, but I think if you 're getting if you 're getting somewhere above seven years you get some incremental lift and then again you use this spreadsheet and your your profits will be based on how much term you 'll get x amount of profits at seven years if you can get to ten you 'll get you 'll get more if you can get to twelve you 'll get even more um, the The purpose of this back to one of the earlier slides is transparency and openness um, and and speaking of transparency openness the way uh, our our capital stack works. Um, you have a preferred return. The, our capital stack gets a 10% return first before that 50-50 split. That's our cost of capital. Um, that's our our fund partnership. And most, most institutions will have that. Good question. Uh, totally. Um, we've, we've had a couple examples where it's new to market and all of a sudden it's, you're buying a, a vacant building for $100 a foot Again, wide open, everybody's working off the same spreadsheet. You sign a market rent, market TI deal, you'll end up creating a, a lot of upside. And then you'll get your market rent, you'll get your market TI, and then you'll get 50% of those profits. So it, it, it's actually easier in that situation. It's a hybrid tenant and tow model. Uh, does it have to be taken in a TI allowance? No. Yeah. Yeah. In our situations, what we try to do is finance that. Um, But I also know from my history of leasing, nothing bothers the tenants more when you limit what they can use the TI's for. And I always said to my, you know, I work for Heinz and Prologis, big institutional, if you're signing a 10-year lease, it's all gonna depreciate anyway. And so what's the difference? And so we're, we're pretty good about that. We always use the term liberal TI allowance. He was asking, what's the incentive for the existing landlord to do this? I think that this is, again, back to that first slide, going to be disruptive and different. And and tenants are going to stop not participating in this. But your existing landlords, they might say, pound sand. You know, they might say, if it's an industrial deal, we're going to give you your buck a foot in TIs. And if you want more than that, you can go somewhere else. Um, What we try to do is in a perfect world, we have the relationships with a lot of Bay Area tenants that are going all over the country. Um, and, and this works better in non-gateway markets because you have a bigger cap rate spread. Um, but your existing landlord, I mean, they, they might not want to do this or they might. Um, with the brokers, what we try to do is just make sure they're aligned um, in a typical brokerage fee. Um, they're getting paid just like they normally would. So he's asking, in in this example, would the tenant share the proceeds after after the preferred ten percent return with the with the tenant share in the proceeds? It has to be a you know a new landlord with a new basis. And so the key is, you brought up the new to new to market opportunities. Um, when you have a vacancy, there's no other landlord you're really dealing with. But if you have an existing landlord they they might not have the risk profile to lose lose a, a single tenant in a single tenant building. And they might not want to lose the tenant, so they, with two, three, four, five years of term left, might want to sell it. They're going to sell it for not a great value, and as soon as you re-up, the value changes. I don't know that I answered your question, but okay. Definitely. Does this work in a bill to suit uh does it work better? No question on the new-to-market opportunities, whether it's an acquisition of an existing building or a built to suit it's, it's the old tenant in tow, except it's transparent, open, and, uh, and you, you share in the proceeds. Um, I think in closing, if you want the the, the presentation, uh, you want the spreadsheet? Happy to send it to you um, again typically we we do work on the front lines with brokers, but we also have a lot of direct tenant relationships. The brokers are always involved um, and it's it's a it's a little bit different way to think about it and again, the thesis is you're going to make decisions based on what you're doing anyway, and so you might as well you might as well get a portion of the value creation and and there's a lot of different ways to do that. The reason um, his question was the reason you take the uh, the profits in the form of a TI, so there's no tax impact. Um, essentially, what we're trying to do is dummy it down so that we're not doing anything different than you're already doing. I don't know the new Fasb rules as well as I should. I'm just trying to double up, triple up, quadruple up your normal TI allowance and just make it that much bigger. Um, Industrial will 10X it. Office will double or triple it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not a tax person. Well, really appreciate everybody listening this whole time and the questions. That was awesome. Uh, if you want the presentation, just uh, happy to send it to you electronically. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org forward slash podcast.